0: This is going to be about examination. Uh, I want to go through the exam so you see what kind of data could be gotten from the exam. And again, this goes to your question of why aren't you telling me how to to fix my polycystic ovarian syndrome or my my blood sugar or my diabetes or my fibromyalgia or whatever it is that you come in with. And, And it's because everybody's different. And it's because there are a lot of moving pieces to it. And that's something I explained in our initial two uh, episodes, in which we talked about whack-a-mole medicine versus functional medicine, and functional neurology exam, because we practice functional medicine, we practice functional neurology. But the exam is incredibly important, and uh, and and so I have our exam sheets in front of me here as a uh, as a guide. And I'm just going to walk through this with you. And as I talk about the different areas of of, of examination, you're going to find most of them are examination uh, procedures that you've been through. Okay, but you're gonna. But I'm going to go through why, from the functional perspective, they may be a little bit more important to delve into. So first thing we do when a patient comes in is we take their vitals. You go to the you go you go to the doctor and your vitals are taken, but. The difference between functional medicine and medical medicine is pathology, okay? The medical community, although small parts are starting to morph over towards towards what we're doing. <laughs> um, uh, it's mainly about pathology. It's mainly about, look, your tests are okay, your kidney's okay, you're only in stage two or stage three a dysfunction of shutdown. Um, we'll wait until it's like gone and then we'll do kidney dialysis. It's, it's, it's about you have a pneumonia, we'll give you a medication for it. And I am not anti-medicine. Those of you who know me, have watched me have, have, know that, uh, but, but they are, it is about pathology. And it's and meaning they're waiting until you have developed something that can be cut out, radiated, medicated, or, or, or something in, in, in the air of their toolbox. We're looking for function. So like, for example, First thing we do is we take your blood pressure. We take it seated, we take it standing, we take it laying down. There's reasons for that. Uh, there's, there, there are conditions that we have called POTS uh, that, that we've seen. But also we treat people for adrenal problems. And if a person gets lightheaded when they go from sitting to standing, we know if they're not having a, a TIA, a stroke, uh, which they usually aren't, because that's usually be checked by the time they got here, usually that's a sign a poor adrenal function. Usually it's a sign of low adrenal function. The blood pressure also could be high. We might, I've had, I have so many patients who've come in here and, and, and we took their blood pressure and their blood pressure was significantly low, like significantly. And they were on blood pressure medication. And it turned out what had happened was every time they go to the doctor, they have white coat, white coat syndrome. And, and meaning that they got nervous when they went to the doctor. The doctor gave them blood pressure medication. And then it drove them into low blood pressure. Why is that important? Whether they're in low blood pressure because of that, or whether they're in low blood pressure because they have low blood pressure, that's not good. Doctor tells you it's great; you're not going to die of a stroke or a heart attack. I'm going to tell you, we need normal blood pressure. If you have have low blood pressure, you're not getting—you know, your heart's here, you know, your heart's here, and your and your brain's here. You're not getting—you're not getting enough blood to your brain. If you have low blood pressure you're not getting enough blood pressure to your extremities so you're not getting oxygen to your extremities if you have low blood pressure it's more difficult to get nutrients to your brain nutrients to your extremities nutrients to push into your cells it's what blood pressure does blood pressure pushes things in through uh, to, to the extremities and it pushes nutrients into the cells well if you're trying to fix somebody with herbs and botanicals or you're online here goes to one of those reasons why I might not be telling you what to do. Okay, if you're, if you're online and you're taking all these supplements and they're not working, and you have really low blood pressure and somebody's told you that, that that's great, low blood pressure is not great. Low blood pressure usually leads to long term types of conditions that, that just don't get better. You don't get better as well when you have low blood pressure. So low blood pressure from a functional perspective in, 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 a, in, a, in a place where you're using nutrients and diet and you're using these types of things if it's there it's important it's got to come up and 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 i'm not going to get into all the ways that you do that but that's it's it's actually in most cases it's not that hard and, and you can then you can do your internet search for that um we do uh same thing we do we do the uh, we actually do tissue perfusion we actually try to find out we put it we put a, a a device on your finger that measures how much oxygen you're getting into your finger. And, 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 we, and we test the lungs too, how much. So most of you may be familiar with testing oxygen. We're gonna talk about the basics and foundation of getting better next time. And one of those things we're gonna talk about is having proper oxygen, which means having proper blood pressure, <laughs> and, 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 and a number of other things. This, this is, all goes to the exam. So if we find out that your tissue perfusion into your fingers and your toes is not good, we immediately start looking towards um, the fact that if this is something a patient decides to do or we decide to extend care to, we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to, get, we're gonna have to get blood into those extremities because I have news for you. If you're not getting blood into your extremities, you're, you're probably not getting it to your brain and you're probably not getting it to your intestines. And so, and, and you could have a normal lung perfusion. So you could have like, uh, for those of you who may be familiar with that, you go in the, to the doctor and they teach you and they, and they, um, they check you for it. And, and they'll it, say, oh, it's 93% and that's great. Uh, and nine, anything above 90% of, of oxygen perfusion into your lungs, a uh, capacity into your lungs is, is good. We like to see it at 98%. Functionally, that's what makes everything work better. That's what makes people get better. That's more oxygen. That's what makes nutrients work better, okay? Most of our patients are, are in and around uh, you know, the 90s. Most of them are good. Some of them come in, they're not. But then we look at their tissue perfusion. Is it getting from the lungs to your extremities? And if your tissue perfusion is like almost gone, like most of our patients are, because they're stressed, because they have a thyroid problem, because they have a low blood sugar, because their T2 is low, their T3 is low. There's not even a T2. <laughs> because their thyroid hormone is low, their active thyroid hormone so And a number of other things, smoking, a number of other things that do it. Depending on the severity of that case, we might even, we, we might not even take the case if the person's not willing to stop smoking, depending on the severity of the case. If it's a less severe case, we might take them. But it's, It's a big factor. It's a big factor to understand what's going on there. So, of course, we we check uh, height, weight. Obviously, we we wanna know if the person's overweight and that leads to different things uh, about uh, uh, looking for diabetes, looking for insulin resistance. Uh, Overweightedness also causes high blood pressure. Uh, So people come in here for high blood pressure, they lose the weight. A lot of times it goes away. That person comes in here, and then that's what they want to do, that's what they're in here for is, is weight loss, then you know, it, it, it starts to let us put the puzzle together um, as, to, as to what's going on. We auscultate the heart. I, I do believe, so I'm not, a, I, I'm not a, a medical doctor. I don't try to be. Uh, we do a very thorough evaluation exam. I work very well with the medical community where I am. Very good relationship here. We, we do a full uh, evaluation. So we, we check the heart. Uh, the, actually, the heart is not something that we directly, even though people might come in here with coronary artery disease, the heart's kind of like at the effect of everything else. So you know, we'll check the heart. Uh, it may or may not be something valuable for us to know, but if we find something that the person has a problem with, we have a hospital about six blocks from here, or 10 blocks from here, whatever it is. We look for um, so we look for things along those lines. We'll look for, we check people's veins, we check people's arteries, because we want to know if there's blood flow getting to different people. Now, one of the bigger things we do is, is we palpate the thyroid. Now, this is functional. I'm talking that we're in the world of functional, though. But we palpate the thyroid. Um, a lot of people are surprised. A lot of people come in here for thyroid problems. A lot of, My mentor, Dr. Datis Karazian, was the original Hashimoto's guy. I don't know if it's out of the picture, but his book's sitting right up here. Uh, why do I still have thyroid symptoms when my lab tests are normal? He could have called it, uh, why, do I, uh, why do I still feel like crap when I'm taking all my medication um, and, and, and my lab tests are normal? But, but uh, thyroid's complex. The vast majority of them, clinical pearl for you, the vast majority of them are Hashimoto's. Whether you have come to that, uh, to embrace that or not, or you've ever heard of it. And so we palpate the thyroid. Uh, people are shocked a lot of times that no one's touched their thyroid yet. If it's enlarged, if it's got nodules, it, there are certain things that would alert us to the fact that maybe it's pathology and maybe it needs to go and, and and be checked. But if it's enlarged and it's tender, and we look at the sheet that we had, that we went over last week, and we look at that, at that uh, uh, history sheet, and and they have 18 out of 20 symptoms of Hashimoto's and their thyroid's tender, there's about a 99% probability that that person has Hashimoto's. And that's something really valuable to know because when we move into the testing, at some point, we'll talk about testing, um, you can test for Hashimoto's and you can be full blown Hashimoto's and your test can come up normal, like the book says. Okay, so in that world, in our world, because we don't use drugs, we use herbs, we use botanicals, we use diets, we use brain rehab exercises. We'll talk about that later because we, we do functional medicine and functional neurology. But I think most of you listening here are interested in the functional medicine. Um, uh, we, that allows us to start to advance our, our, our treatment beca- even though the, the test would be normal because we would have the history, is where we start to understand. We would have a history that says 18 out of 20 things say the person's got a thyroid problem. We have a palpation here that says, you have a thyroid problem. Maybe we need to send you out for a nodule that feels like it might be a potentially one in a hundred chance of cancer. But for the most part, if you're inflamed, the chances of you having Hashimoto's is high. We can start in that direction safely and, and, and frequently get you know, some sort of results uh, in, in, in very early on. Now we, we palpate people's lymph nodes. What do we do for a living? We treat, well, our, our, our office is, is, is kind of like, we kind of tr- we, we try to treat mystery diseases. We treat fibromyalgia, the diseases where nobody knows what it is. We treat fibromyalgia, peripheral neuropathy, chronic fatigue. You can look online, vertigo, dizziness, balance. But all of these have, have unique components. Uh, by the time a patient gets here, usually they have unique components of autoimmunity. And they usually have unique components of chronic stress responses, one or the other or both we're gonna palpate the lymph nodes. And if we have a history of a person that has their tonsils out, their adenoids have been out, or they keep inflaming their throat, their lymph nodes are swollen, all this came on after they had a baby or if they had an accident or after something like that, we know, have, we know they have autoimmunity, but my doctor says I don't have it. Uh, my, my, my test came back normal. Well, we, we, we can't afford that to here. I mean, we, by the time patient gets here, they've been told everything is normal and all their testing is normal and there's nothing wrong with them. Here, take these drugs. Palpating the lymph nodes can be very, very valuable. And it's something that we do on every patient. And if it's correlative with their disease, but they've already been checked by their doctors and they don't have any pathological diseases, guess what? They probably have an autoimmune problem going on. So that's valuable to us. Uh, We we look at their eyebrows. Uh, It seems like now a lot of folks know that if the outer third of your eyebrows are gone or if your eyebrows just kind of go away there's a good chance that you have a thyroid problem. it's a a very cardinal sign of thyroid. Uh, And it used to be considered a cardinal sign of hypothyroid and it still is. But the statistics are that if you've been diagnosed with hypothyroid, there's about a, depending on who you're following, there's an 85 to a 95% chance you have Hashimoto's. And so again, this is diagnosis. You have a person sitting in front of you, you know what the research says, you've got the history, you've got the exam. You should be able to come up with those three differential diagnoses. still today, <laughs> even though we have all these wonderful things to confirm, um, you should be able to come up with those differential diagnoses for the functional medicine patient so that you can delve into their case with, a, with an organized approach, an organized understanding the probability of what's going on with them and know more or less precisely what testing you should do that not having standardized testing this helps us to do that we auscultate the uh we inspect the abdomen we inspect it for for to see if there's any surgeries there we ask about surgeries Um, stretch marks uh, i'm not sure if you're aware of this but stretch marks frequently indicate autoimmunity Uh, There are women who get stretch marks and there are women who don't get stretch marks. There are guys who get stretch marks when they lose a lot of weight. Uh, But basically this goes to the patient who has had surgeries, they get a surgery and then like a year later they have scar tissue and then the scar tissue comes back and they have to keep getting it cleaned out. It's similar to what happens with those stretch marks. So if we see those stretch marks, again, right then and there we're thinking, okay, we may have autoimmunity here. So this is uh, hopefully this is kind of a new understanding to you because a lot of people come in here and they're they're confused, rightfully so, about autoimmunity because autoimmunity is confusing. That it's 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 what has complicated our life here over the last probably 30 years, and and it's and it's something that the testing is still in its infancy. It's we everybody comes in here and says, well, it was, it was, my test, my rheumatoid arthritis test was normal, but then it wasn't. And that was normal, but then it wasn't. My lupus test was, I have all the signs, but my lupus test, look, if you have the signs and, 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 and you have the symptoms and you're have and, and you and you're having the rash and you're having all those things, you have it. But doctors will be hesitant to diagnose you with it. And thus, if they won't diagnose you with it, they're not gonna hit you with a bunch of steroids because they're gonna be afraid if they make a mistake, they're gonna get sued. So the, so, so in functional medicine, we're not gonna do anything that's gonna hurt anybody. We can take those steps forward. So we inspect the abdomen, we auscultate the abdomen, and, the, and what I mean is we, hear, we listen to the abdomen and, and basically in the end, we're looking for, we're looking for the churning, the gurgling sounds. We're, we're listening to see if they're there or not. If they're not there globally, okay, if they're not there throughout the entire intestines, that person is in a chronic stress cycle because basically their brain is shutting down something called the vagus nerve, and the, when, when you're in fight flight, there's a, there's, a, there's a part of your brain that's going really, 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 really fast. But there's another part of your brain that's, that's supposed to be making you relax that's not at that point in time, so it's being overwhelmed. That part of the brain that's being overwhelmed is part of the brain that makes you have nice bowel movements. It's part of the brain that makes you sleep, it's parasympathetic nervous system. If you don't have auscultation of sounds in there, then you are in, we know you're in fight flight. If we shake your hand during the exam and and your hand is moist, in some of your cases, slimy, and not, you know, not to be derogatory, but I mean, most of the patients who have that actually will describe it that way. We know you're in fight flight. We know that you have a chronic stress response going on. This is, now this is incredibly important to both functional medicine and functional neurology practitioners because functional medicine practitioners will start to use herbs and botanicals to try and get it under control. Functional neurologists will try to do, uh, will do brain rehabilitation exercises. In our office, we've chosen to complicate things. <laughs> the only thing I do that's not simple and, and, and put the two of them together. And that, that for us, that seems to work better in getting that fight flight under control. But you can tell, you know, in an exam, is the patient sweating? Are their feet cold? Are their hands cold? What is? Oh yeah, okay. I told you that you're not getting blood there when, when your hands and feet are cold, or when they're not getting uh, enough uh, oxygen in there. But what causes that? Two main causes of that is chronic stress responses and uh, chronic and, and thyroid, and and misdiagnosed or mismanaged thyroid. So again, this goes back to, you know, you're telling us all about the thyroid and you've told me about the thyroid. Why can't you tell me, you know, how to take care of it? Well, what's causing that cold? Is it, is it thyroid? Is it stress responses? That requires a little further investigation. And then each one would require different treatments. So if you tell me, you know, I got a headache and my hands and my feet are cold and, and I got a migraine, I can't tell you a whole lot from that online. Uh, although I know people that would be happy to shove about, you know, f- five or 10 or 15 supplements at you and go here, here's what you take. That's really not the way functional medicine was designed. This is the way it was designed so so um so a decrease and by the way for those of you who are who are astute diagnosticians i am aware that if we do have an absence of bowel sounds in one part of the bowel but not the others that's a bowel obstruction and uh and you should go to the hospital like right at that point in time we do a palpation of the abdomen we actually palpate every single thing in the abdomen. people again People are shocked, they've been to gastroenterologists, they've been to their GPs, they've been everywhere. Nobody's touched they abdomen. They're, they're, they're in here and, and they have all kinds of abdominal symptoms. And sometimes they, they might not have a lot of abdominal symptoms. And then we palpate. We palpate their large intestines. We palpate their small, all of their small intestines. Their ileocecal valve, their liver, their gallbladder, we, their, the bottom part of their stomach, all the things you can palpate. And if they're, and if they're inflamed, completely there that is that that's diagnostic we know there's going to be inflammation we're going to be looking for inflammatory markers but there's a lot it tells us there you cannot have that much inflammation without having a leaky gut you can't have a leaky gut without developing food sensitivities this will conclude the episode thanks for tuning in if you like what you hear please leave a comment and subscribe thank you